Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, everybody. You picked a great Sunday to come to church. We are launching Lift Groups in about a week, and uh, I am just really excited. So today we are dedicating the entire Sunday uh, to Lift Groups, and uh, I'm excited because we're, we're kind of shifting as a church. Um, and so I wanted to give some vision. I wanted to give some mission. I wanted to give a little bit of our our heart and mind behind it, um, and uh, we're launching five new lift groups in a couple of weeks, so uh, I'm excited, but uh, we're going to talk for about 15 minutes, and I want to give some of my heart behind lift groups and where we're going as a church, uh, and then we're going to bring up a few lift group leaders and kind of have a panel and a conversation um, and uh, pitch a few of them to you, uh, and my heart is at the end of today that you would really consider jumping into a lift group because it'd be so so good for you. So uh, as, as in everything that we do as a church, we want to build our beliefs off of the Bible. How many of you think that's a good idea to b- build our beliefs off of the Bible? Uh, so we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, and we're going to go through this verse together here in just a moment. If you don't know me, my name is Matt. I, I see several new faces today. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, Today, we are excited to have you. Make sure you get a welcome box afterwards. You can just go around here, uh, fill out a card, and get a welcome box. Thanks for being our guest today. Um, And so I've also got my two twins up here and my lovely wife. We have been sick like the last month, right? So we're back at church, back together. We're we're happy about that. Um, And so come say hi to us afterwards. Uh, But let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. The Bible says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Let's go to the next one, okay? So this is what they were after. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Uh, so you can see the move and power of the Holy Spirit. All the believers were together and had everything in common. There's, there's equality. There's commonality. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had needs. So we see this radical generosity. Uh, every day when they continued to meet together in the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Pause here just for a moment. So we see them meeting together publicly at the temple, right? They're, they're having this kind of experience where they're gathering together and worshiping. Um, I really, oh, go back real quick for me if, if you could. Um, I really believe every single believer needs a place to call home. Uh, they, need, they need a temple to go to. They, they need somewhere to worship to serve the local house of God. Uh, The Bible says that we all have a ministry, right? That actually the role of a pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That means you have a ministry. For some of us, uh, it's to lead worship, right? Uh, and these guys do amazing. We can, for some of us, it's running sound, right? For some of us, it's, it's preparing and pouring coffee. Who's grateful for the people that make coffee, right, on, on a Sunday morning? And, and so we have uh, this ministry. For some of us, it's, it's hospitality and making people feel welcomed. And so, so part of what we do is we come together and we are ministering and serving each other, right? We need a, we need a, a place to give, a place to be generous. So, so the believers right away, man, they're meeting in public spaces. There is something about us just showing up that has a lot of power to it. Uh, Believe it or not, your presence is power. Your presence preaches to a world Jesus is alive and he's worth showing up for. Um, You may not have ever looked at it like that, but that's exactly what you're saying when you show up. You're like, there's something valuable here today to, to show up 
for. And so they, they showed up in the temple, and then they did this thing. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And so you see them meeting together publicly, but then you also see them meeting together in their, in their homes. In our modern context, it could be a coffee shop, a restaurant, someone's apartment, but they're getting together in these smaller spaces, eating together, hanging out, having fun, and then just getting to know each other and fellowshipping, right? Uh, and the Bible says they had glad and sincere hearts. Um, man, this is like my prayer for the church in 20, uh, 20s, man, is like, God, just give us back glad and sincere hearts. Like, there's nothing worse than a constipated Christian. Like, I don't know where your joy went, but let's get it back, amen? Okay, like, let's just get excited about Jesus on purpose and have a glad heart and a sincere heart. For so many, I think their, their faith has been uh, so pressed down by criticism that we've just lost the sincerity of heart. God, give us a sincere church with a glad heart. Amen. Who's with me on that one? I mean, come on. Like, I don't think we need any more knowledge. We just need a whole lot more love in the body of Christ. I, I don't think we need any more information. We need some care in the body of Christ. And so hit the next one for me. I think I got one more verse. Praising God, enjoying the favor of all people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. There is something very attractive when believers do this thing correctly. There really is something attractive about believers having glad, sincere hearts, praising God, getting together, getting together in small groups. Who doesn't want to be a part of a winning community? Right? Like if you've ever, if you've ever joined a winning team at work and you're like, yo, my team is crushing it. Who doesn't want to be a part of a winning team? Now, down here in South Florida, you know that we are kind of very fair weather fans when it comes to our teams, aren't we? Remember when the Heat were awesome like 10 years ago? And it was packed, man. Like, like all of South Florida's like, that's my team. But the Marlins, beautiful stadium, and, and no one is there. We're, we're so, you know, we're, we're just kind of, you know, we're, we'll get behind you if you win. But, I mean, isn't that so true of human nature? Who doesn't want to be a part of a winning team? Can, can I be honest? The way God set this thing up, it's designed to win and spread around the world. And, and thank God for the last 2,000 years, we are a growing and a good movement to be a part of. And, and there's something really cool. When you and I get our lives behind it, right, there's, there's some power in this, and it really is attractive. Who doesn't want to be a part of a winning team? The Bible says that these believers were meeting publicly, and they're hanging out in their homes, and, and, the, and the Spirit of God is moving and working and ministering to them among them as they're doing these things. And then now God gives them favor, and he's adding to their number. We've had an awesome year of growth. When, after COVID kind of decimated the first wave, I feel like I planted the same church twice. Actually, three times. I planted the church. I planted the church again digitally with COVID, and then I replanted the church here. But we're back up now to where we were kind of before COVID hit, and it's exciting. We've had an awesome year of growth. I, I think this next year is going to be even a better year of growth, and, and I think it's going to be good. And launching small groups for us going forward is going to be a key part of our church. Why? Because how do you keep people together relationally? Even in, the, even in Acts, here we go, you got the temple and it's growing and Peter's adding thousands and it's like booming. Well, how do you keep people connected? And all of a sudden here we have the model in Acts chapter 2. It's like, man, they're meeting in homes and they're meeting publicly. If, if we're about 100 people right now, if, if I spent a day with everyone in our church, you would only get me about three times a year. 
Can I be honest? You need more than three times a year of ministry, encouragement, discipleship. Okay, but here's the good news. It's not all on the pastor. It was never designed to be all on the pastor. And let's be honest, besides God's word, besides his presence, you're the best thing about this church. Just look around really quick, you know. I mean, like, you're the best part of this church, both for me and for everybody else. You don't need me to do everything. That's the good news. The good news is when you meet together and you minister and encourage each other, there is power in that God never designed this thing to be written on anybody else's shoulders other than Christ. And so that's the beautiful thing. Uh, encouragement is kind of like showering, right? We need it almost daily. Like, have you, ever, have you ever left a very encouraging atmosphere, and then within 48 hours, you're like, I lost everything I, I just had? You, you, ever, you ever left, like, a motivational seminar, and you're like, I'm going to make a million dollars, and then two weeks later, you're like, just forget it. Just forget it. I quit. You know? Like, like, I mean, we're all like that. We need to be encouraged. The Bible actually says when you get together, guess what? Like, encourage one another. What, what does it actually mean to encourage someone? It means to put courage in them. We, we are to encourage, we're to put courage in each other. Every time we get together, we don't want to beat each other up. We want to build each other up. You know, one of my favorite little quotes is church isn't for a beat down, it's for a build up. And, and honestly, nine out of ten times, you know what we really need? We just need encouragement. We need courage to keep going, keep trusting, keep believing, keep plowing, keep working, keep loving, keep serving. Why? Because this is hard to do. The Bible says don't get weary in doing well. Why? Because it's easy to get weary in doing well. And so we want to get together. We want to encourage each other. Hebrews 10.25, and I'm just going to touch on this a little bit because I I just kind of feel like it. It it actually says, don't give up meeting together, right? Don't stop getting together as some are in the habit of doing, right? But when you come together, what is he saying? Encourage, put courage in each other, really help each other out. But, But don't quit. Don't give up on meeting together. Church attendance isn't just cute, it's actually commanded. Isn't that, isn't that wild? Thank you for the one amen from my wife. There we go. All right. So, you know, we don't lean into that a lot as a church because we're not going to be a legalistic church. Okay? Now, here this morning, we all know to be super healthy and fit, you have to eat a lot of fruits and, and, fruits and veggies, right? Like, we all know the chocolate cake in our fridge is not the best thing for us. We know I need a lot of fruits and veggies, right? Now, no one in this church is going to open up your fridge and judge your chocolate cake. No one's coming for your fridge this morning. Why? We're not going to be a legalistic people. No one's coming and no one's getting a roster of how much we attend. We're not going to be a legalistic church, but guess what? We do want to be a healthy church. We want to be a healthy church. I want to move everyone that I can into health, and I'm not responsible for what you do. I'm just responsible for what God tells me to preach and teach, right? And so I'm like, God, I want to have a healthy church. I want my people to be healthy, and for them to be healthy, they got to get together publicly, and they got to kind of move together privately and encourage each other because as we grow, guys, from 100 to 200 and to 300, we're not going to know everybody. Even at 100, we don't know everybody. So how do we make sure that you are seen and you're celebrated and you're served more than three times a year just by me? Lift groups, man. This becomes like the backbone of our church. It gets you connected so that you are seen, you're celebrated, and you are served. Which brings me to my number one point, man. Everybody needs to be served. Everybody's name needs to be served. 
known. Even my introverted people are like, I don't want no one to know me when I come in this place. Like, no, no one to talk to me. It's like a big thing that just that you're hearing. Man, we're, we're excited about that. But, but you are in need of service. Every believer should be able to go to a place and share a prayer request, share a thought, share a, share a hurt, share a pain. Uh, recently, my, my family, we've been into this movie, Encanto. Have you, have you seen it yet? It's like the latest Disney movie. All my parents, I know, are clapping, and they, they've seen it, okay? I know if you're 25, you probably haven't seen it or are willing to admit that publicly, and that's okay. But, you know, the first time we saw it, we're like, oh, it's a good movie. By the 10th time, we're singing all the songs, right? Like, like we're dancing around with our kids. And, and so, but, but it's got a beautiful message in the movie. And, and, the, and this, it's, it's this, like, magical family that all have really special gifts besides, you know, one individual. They, don't, they didn't get a gift. And in the end of the movie, the message is, hey, it's, it's not the gift that's amazing. It's actually just you. You are the gift. Sometimes I think we forget we're not human doings. We're human beings. And it's good just to be. It's good to be known. It's good to be celebrated. It's good just to be. The way God set up Christian community, we can definitely celebrate and push this thing forward publicly, but he also realized, guess what? People just need to be together in friendship. They need to encourage each other. They need to cry together. They need to celebrate together. They need to just be because the miracle isn't just who they are and what they do and how much money they make. The miracle is them. Let's not forget God died just for you. He didn't die for your salary or your home or your kids. He died for you, and he wants to be with you, and he wants you to be in good, honest, healthy community. So as we grow, we don't want to leave people behind. Up to this point, we have kind of been a small church. We've been a small group church. As we leave that, man, small groups become they become everything for us as we do that. The other thing small groups allow us to do, and we're going to bring up the, the leaders here in just a moment and meet them and, and kind of celebrate and get you to know a few of these leaders, um, is the second thing we allow us to do as a church that is incredibly powerful, they let us move more people into ministry. So, so number one, they, they let us serve everybody at a deeper level. Sundays are going wide, right? Small groups are going to go deep, okay? So, but the second thing they let us do is they let us start moving people in to ministry. And this is, this is good. I want you to hear my heart on this, really, for the whole church. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.12, to equip his people for the works of service that the body of Christ might be built up. Again, I referenced it earlier, you have a ministry on your life. Every believer literally has a ministry or a call on their life. For some, it's to lead a small group. For some, it's to pour coffee. For some, it's the gift of generosity, and they, and they just cannot help themselves. They're just so good at it. Others, it's leadership. For, for some of you, you, you might lean a little bit more pastoral, and, man, you need to lead that small group, and it just you love to care for people. We all have a different ministry. Part of equipping is creating platforms. Part of equipping is simply creating a platform. And so we are shifting into really a free market kind of small group thing, which lets people bring their passions, their likes, their interests, their hungers into the table of ministry um, and, and launching these things. And to me, that is so exciting. So not only are we serving more people this next year, we're creating space for more service to take place. 
after you've seen all these small groups, and, and men, check out a couple, okay? Like, visit several, please. And if you still can't find one and you still have a niche and you still have a passion, man, let's pray about maybe launching a small group through you. I think there's a few more small groups we could add. I, I told my wife, I go, man, maybe we could add a, a mommy and me small group, you know? So where's all the moms out there that the idea of getting out in the evening just sounds terrible? Even if it happens on Zoom, I mean, something would be good. You know, so maybe maybe you love basketball and you're like, I, I want to play ball and meet with people. Let's do it. Let's launch one. The possibilities are endless as we go forward. And to me, that's exciting. We're equ- equipping people into ministry. We want people doing the thing that God has called them to do. So as we grow, so here's my heart, here's my head. As we move now from 100 to 2 to 3 and beyond, we want a real strong system of small groups, and I'm excited to get them up. I'm excited to get them launched again. I'm excited to to move this way because it's really kind of where our context of our church is at, and I wanted you to know that today. Today is kind of a pause day, and like, yo, it's about small groups. We're shifting gears as a church. We're going into this. But listen, if, if you're like, hey, I'm tired of just coming to church. I show up and I leave. I show up and I leave and I show up and I leave. Guess what breaks the monotony of that and gets you an actual relationship and life change? Lift groups, man. Life change and transformation happens in rows for sure, but guess what? It happens even more in circles, okay? As I close, a couple things you need to know about these lift groups on a practical sense, and we'll bring the leaders up. Lift groups, we're going to run in terms, okay? We're going to have a spring term, and we're going to have a fall term. We're taking a break in June. Half of America is on vacation in June. So you know what I do? I don't fight that. I just roll with that one. I'm on vacation myself. Y'all leaving me, so I'm out of here too, okay? Like, like June, we're all chilling. July, we're going to do several socials through the month of July is, is a whole church and do fun things together and just hang out and have fun. And then we're going to launch a fall term, and we're going to run all the way up to Christmas, take a break at Christmas because everybody is too busy celebrating Jesus' birthday. We don't do nothing else anyway. It's just kind of how the church world rolls. Uh, and then we're going to have that little break in January, and then we're going to get started at the end of January typically every year, and we're going to run a spring term. Okay, so this allows us to create that space. Lift groups are going to be every other week. I don't want to exhaust the leader. I don't want to exhaust you. They're going to be regular, but they're not going to be every week at this point, you know, because of the the pacing of it. We don't want to exhaust people as we get into lift groups, all right? So every they're going to be about an hour long. They're not going to be a three-hour prayer meeting, okay? I think sometimes believers are like, listen, I don't want to pay for three hours of a babysitter. I don't want to lose my whole day. If I, if I go in, I'm afraid I'll be trapped. Hey, listen, all the leaders know it's going to be an hour. You're going to get together. You're going to play a little bit, break the ice, get into the content, pray out. It'll be great. No one's trying to trap you for five hours. It's, it's okay. And the last thing you know is we are moving toward a free market kind of style of lift groups. Before, they were all based around the weekend. Now, they are going to be geared toward different aspects of ministry, which allow us to deepen our discipleship here as a church. And everything we do, first of all, in this church is really all about discipleship. Sunday, Wednesday, everything, right? It's all discipleship. So what we're doing is we're launching one for married couples right now because we know marriages, men, they have gone through it with COVID. And so we're launching one for that. We have one for men, one for women. We have one building on financial foundations and helping people make wise financial decisions. And then we've got one that's really about fellowship. It's going to be breakfast and prayer and just catching up and just building some friendships. So we got five. If you've got one in your heart, yo, come talk to me or Matt after. Uh, But right now, let me invite a few of these lift group leaders up and let's talk a little bit about them and get to know them a little bit and why they've launched one and what this is about. So y'all catch my head and heart so far? I know today was an interesting day. I know it wasn't inspirational, but I, I have to lay the foundation 
for what we're doing this year, and, and then really the next several years as we shift into, man, the next phase of our church. Because I know it's part of growing pains. I'm excited we're growing. I love all the new people coming, um, but we don't want to leave anyone in the dust. That's not my heart as a pastor. Okay, have a seat. I think we're good. All right. Um, hey, let, so Matt and Katya, I'm going I'm to start with you guys and, and pass you the mic. You guys have been a part of our church for about a year now. Uh, man, we love you, love the ministry that you're bringing here. Um, and uh, it was about a couple months ago I said, hey, would you guys pray about leading one for marriages? Because um, I think COVID has just done a number. First of all, all you single people thought all of us married people, when COVID hit and we were all locked together, you thought we just turned on Netflix and just cuddled the whole time. That is not what happened, okay? Like, I'm going to break your little romantic bubble really quick, you know? <laughs> but you get two people together in a 500-square-feet apartment with different opinions. Oh, man, it's awesome. So anyway, you know, it's, uh, so marriage, I think, has gone through it. But you guys have an amazing book, uh, really a neat story. So for a couple minutes, let's get to know you. What kind of book are we going through? What, what's the heart behind your, your marriage group, man? Yeah, I'll start. So the book that we're going through, it's not our book. It's a book that we are purchasing. <laughs> Trust us, we did not write a book on marriage yet. Uh, we have a few years before that happens. But it's called uh, Cherish. It's by Gary Thomas. And he's wrote a number of books. This one in particular we picked because it, it talks about the, the um, it, it paints a picture of what marriages can and should look like. He had a previous book a couple years ago called Sacred Marriage. It talks about the dirtiness, the, the conflict. But this one is trying to paint a picture of what a husband cherishing his wife would look like, what the, the picture of a wife cherishing her husband would look like. And at the beginning of the book, he talks about how at the, the vows, so often most people will vow to commit to each other, to love and cherish till death do us part. And many of us, we focus on the love. I found myself, and now we've been married about six years, six years, uh, the first five years, really, just being able to focus on commitment and love but after reading this book and going through it with you, Pastor Matt, being able to think through what does it mean to cherish and how is that different and unique from the call to love one another. So we're going to be going through that together as a group. Katya and I are not marriage experts. And so as we are going through, uh, who, seen, who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? Anyone remember that? So during our group, we have a phone a friend. And Matt, uh, Pastor Matt already said, hey, if, uh, if you guys have a question, we can call in the experts over here. <laughs> Pastor Matt and Alyssa. But we're, we're just going to be going through this together and, and asking questions. How does this book apply to our life? How can we be praying for one another? How can we be sharing through vision and, and hopes that we have for what marriage can look like and trying to figure out how we can do life together better? So that's a little bit of what we're going to be doing. It's going to be at our apartment. Um, Katya is great at hospitality, and so she's offered to, to be able to open up our apartment. We're inviting people in and looking to spend about an hour and 15 minutes together we will go through the book leading up to the, the, the week that we're going to be meeting together. There's a little bit of reading, and we also have a video that summarizes the reading. So if you're not into reading, you can also watch the summary video ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's helpful. And, and then uh, we'll have some time to pray together as well at the end of the meeting. Anything you want to share? About that? Well, just to lure you guys in, I'm just going to put it that there may or may not be snacks available. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank, give it up for these guys, man. These guys are amazing. I love their, they're sharing their lives and their marriages, and it's, it's beautiful. I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome group. Um, uh, Trey is a good friend of mine. I've known Trey for many, many years, actually. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but recently, he and his wife moved to South Florida, and uh, they found our church. Same thing about a year or so ago. Um, Trey has really dedicated his life to helping people make wise and good financial decisions. Um, and he is going to launch a group 
geared toward really financial foundations, making good, smart, wise financial decisions. Uh, I'm excited. If you're in your 20s, man, I, I almost feel like I want to force you into this one because if you can make good moves in your 20s, you will set yourself up in your 40s, 50s, and 60s. Um, and so, Trey, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, uh, your lovely family, and, and this group, man. For work, I'm a financial advisor, so this is kind of my field. But um, I think most of you would agree with this statement. There is only a few areas, if, if any, that can cause more good well-being or more negative well-being in your life than personal finance, right? If your life is in order financially, uh, that can be such a uh, source of peace. And if it's not, that can be such a source of stress, right? More than most anything I can think of. And so this group is about trying to help all of us make better financial decisions and arm you with knowledge to make the right decisions because um, you know personal finance is two parts. It's, it's discipline and it's knowledge, both, right? And so um, we have some, we're gonna meet at Panera Bread. Um, we have some, I have some materials that we're gonna go through, but they're not gonna take up the entire, you know, um, spring semester, if you wanna call it that. Um, and so what I wanna do is go through those materials, of course, but I also wanna give everyone a chance to bring topics that they are wondering about and you know, bring those to me, and then we will cover those in future weeks. Um, you know, there's so many questions. The area of fin personal finance is so complex, really. You know, how should I feel about the stock market? Am I saving enough for retirement? Am I saving for re retirement at all? Um, how much should I have by now? Do I need insurance? If so, what kind of insurance do I need? What what kind is, is worth buying? What kind is maybe not worth spending money on? Um, what's cryptocurrency? How should I feel about that, right? I mean, there are so many topics and they're so varied from one person to the next. I mean, if I'm looking at Matt, Pastor Matt, and I'm looking at Matt Rudder, there's probably some similarities in what their financial concerns are and goals, but I'm sure there's some differences too, right? I mean, Matt, Pastor Matt will have one set of goals and Matt and Kati will have a different set of goals. And I think that's gonna be true for any person that I could you know, look at and speak to here in the room today. So, um, I want to make this very interactive. Like I said, you guys, you know, we'll have material to go through, but you guys bring questions. We talk about those. We answer your questions and really make it about learning. It's going to be Tuesday nights. And uh, so whoever, if you guys want to ask me questions after, certainly please do. I'd love to chat with all of you guys. So thanks, Pastor Matt. Yeah, I should have been buying Bitcoin 10 years ago. That's what I should have been doing. When we, yeah, anyway, um, it like breaks my heart. Okay, uh, last one we're going to highlight today. Um, uh, we also have Felipe, who's not here. He's traveling. His will be on, on a men's group. Um, and I'd, if you're a guy, consider that one. Felipe always has phenomenal food. It's going to be at his house. That's going to be incredible. Um, and then Sabrina is going to lead our, our group for the ladies. Um, she's going through an awesome book called Safe People, I believe, right? And so go to that. She's got an amazing heart. So Sabrina, tell us about yourself real quick. Young professional, you're amazing. Been about, about a year, I think, at our church as well, right? So about a year here as well, turning into an awesome leader. So here you go. Hi. How you guys doing? <laughs> so um, as Pastor Matt said, my name is Sabrina Singleton, and I will be doing a book club. And I know some of y'all are like, ooh, book club. And some of y'all are like, yeah, book club, you know. <laughs> but um, really, this book club is for anyone. If you're really into reading a book, cool. If not, that's fine, too. Uh, it's a great 
book, when I heard about the book, I was very interested in because you really do, like, as a woman, want to know who to have in your circle, who not to have in your circle. It's something you always have to, doesn't matter your age, your background, you always want to make sure that your circle is safe. And I think as women, we are always looking for that good um, connections, those good friendships, those like lifetime relationships. And I know personally being in small groups, I have made some really great friendships. I have close friendships with people from multiple races, multiple ages, multiple backgrounds that I still keep in touch with today. So um, I just think it's a great opportunity and it's not gonna be like school, it's gonna be fun. Um, we're gonna try out the Barnes and Noble for now, but I'm definitely open. I'm a flexible person, so I just want this group to be whatever our group is. It's gonna be our group when you come. Everyone will have a say in turning that group into what we want it to be. So yeah. Um, and the last but definitely not least, I wanted to highlight Dan and Andrea. Uh, they, they're a newlywed couple, a beautiful, beautiful newlywed couple. And uh, they, they just have a, a heart to make sure everyone is connected. I mean, Dan is always talking to me like, hey, did, have we connected with this person or that? He's just, he, connection and fellowship is like at the core of who this guy is. And so he just wants to do a breakfast with everybody. It's going to be on a Saturday morning. It's going to be breakfast every other week. Uh, and they're going to make sure you're cared for. They're going to make sure you're known. Uh, and they want the chance to pray with you and pray for you. And they're just, you're not going to find a sweeter couple uh, at our church and just a great, great, solid guy. Um, and so, man, they're, they're going to be amazing. So uh, I'm excited. I really really want to challenge and encourage you, please check out uh, these groups. Uh, visit a few of them if you want. Uh, if there's one burning in your heart or a passion area of ministry that you're like, it's just burning inside of me, I think I might want to launch one. Come talk to me. We're open from here on out. We're moving toward a free market kind of kind of small group system, uh, and I'm excited. It's really going to be a, a really integral part of our church. Uh, before I close, I'm going to tell everybody how to join, okay? So number one, you can come talk to one of the leaders today and say, yo, I want to join the married one, so hit these guys up right now. They'll take down your number or whatever and get all the information to you. You can also jump on our website, citylift.church. There is a tab right at the top called Lift Groups. Click on that. Everyone will come down. You can click a little button, and your information will go to them, and they will reach out to you and make sure you have all of the information you needed. For some of the privacy reasons, we're not going to post like Felipe's address for the whole world knows that. So that'll be happening after you reach out to him, and then we'll get you a few of those final, those final details, okay? Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.